teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. Well, if we treat that like people treat this, well, okay, that was fulfilled when Jesus healed the multitude in Matthew 7, so later on it wasn't for anybody else, just for that multitude. If we treat Luke 4 that way, then the day after Jesus said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears, then no longer could Jesus be anointed. No longer, what did he say? The Spirit of the Lord's on me. He's anointing me to preach the gospel to the poor. So that day, that had to cease after that. Well, then, it, then somebody said, well, it must have, been, must have ceased after Jesus left. No, it's still fulfilled today. What he's saying is now we're coming into the era where this is fulfilled. That's what he's saying. And the same thing's true here in Matthew 8, 17. Can I go ahead and shuck the corn? He wasn't saying that it was just for those multitudes. He was saying it's being fulfilled, which Isaiah said. Himself bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. Now, another reason we know that it wasn't just for them is because he said he bore our. He bore our. Let's go back to Isaiah here and look at it. Look at it here. Let's, let's look at it. Sometimes people have struggles with some of these things and we're rooting out all these yeah buts. This is the will of God. Notice why it says, because he bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. We did esteem him stricken, smitten of God. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our necklace, chastised my peace upon him, by his stripes were healed. The Bible says, all we like sheep, verse number six here, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all, laid it on him. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He's bound, or excuse me, he has brought as a lamb as a slaughter to, uh, to, as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken. He was made, or excuse me, he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, literally plural in the Hebrew, deaths, plural. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. Same words translated sickness there. Somebody said, why did he put him to grief? That's the only time God did it. It's because he was bearing ours. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, that's when it happened. Did you get that? It, it, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. The bruise means to crush with disease if you look it up. Please the Lord to crush him with disease. He hath put him to sickness when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. That's when it happened. God laid it on him whenever he made his... See, uh, back in the Old Testament, they got it on credit looking forward to Jesus coming. But when Jesus died on the cross... Oh, I got so much I want to share. I got, I got started late tonight. When Jesus died on the cross, Jesus, everything that they got on credit in the Old Testament... Jesus stamped it, God stamped it, paid in full at Calvary. And now whenever he gives us 1 Peter 2, 24, Matthew 8, 17, he, he gives us those verses, that's him handing us the receipt. Now listen, listen, you didn't hear me. That's him, listen to me, listen to me. That's him handing us the receipt. He said, I paid it, here's the receipt. So when the devil comes along and tries to put something on you, you say, no, that's been paid in full. Listen to this. You can't charge me twice, devil. You charged me. It was laid against me and Jesus took it for me. 
paid in full. Can't charge me again with it. Can't charge me again with it. But see, they were all healed looking forward to that. Now, we're going to get to the types coming up in the Old Testament. That's another reason that healing is the will of God is because it was the, the, the type of redemption of Jesus on the cross back in the Old Testament got them healed when they looked forward to it. When the serpent was put on the pole, they were healed. And Jesus said, as the serpent was lifted up, so must, so must I be lifted up. But when they looked at him, they got healed. If, if you're looking at the type and you can get healed, what if you looked at the fulfillment of the type? It's got to be the will of God. So that's all. We're going to get into that later. I just wanted to whet your appetite. All right, but I want you to see here, verse 10, it pleased the Lord to crush him with sickness. He has put him to, to uh, sickness. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he not only bore our sin there then, he put him to sickness. God took our sicknesses, put, him on, put, put our sicknesses on Jesus. Um, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. The pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. That's talking about the resurrection. He shall see of the travail of his soul. Now back to the crucifixion. Now get this. And shall be satisfied. There's a whole lot of truth right there. He saw Jesus taking it and was satisfied. In other words, justice required that there be a penalty for sin. But God put it on Jesus. Jesus bore that penalty and God said, I'm satisfied with that. What does that mean? Well, Thanksgiving's coming up. And you're going you're gonna to pull up to a table that's going to have turkey on it. It's going to have mashed potatoes. It's going to have dressing. It's going to have cornbread. It's going to have, oh my, 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 my. Let's quit right now. I'm ready to go. But anyway, we're going to, and guess what? You're going to eat. And then you're going to get maybe a second helping. Then some of you are going to eat some pumpkin pie. And you're going to eat a little bit of pumpkin pie. And then you're going to just nibble at the dressing and stuff. And then you're going to push back and you go, oh, man, I've had enough. Or you could say, I'm satisfied. Saying the same thing. So when God says, I'm satisfied, whenever he saw all the penalty for sin going on Jesus, he said, I'm satisfied with that. In other words, here's what he meant. That's enough. That's enough. They don't have to bear it. What he bore is enough. Yes, yes, yes. That's, that, that we're talking about redemption. See, redemption is him taking our place becoming sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. And also if we see healing in redemption, him becoming sick that we might be healed. Now I'm getting to something. Verse 11, he'll see the travail of his soul and he'll be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many for he shall what? Bear their iniquities. Circle the word bear. Iniquities mean sins. Okay. Go to verse number 12. Therefore, will I divide him a portion with the great? He shall divide the spoil with the strong because he hath poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors and he did what? Amen. He bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. All right. He did what? Amen. He bare. All right. Now notice the Hebrew word here in verse number four, him, verse number four, surely he hath borne. That's the Hebrew word NASA. No relation to our NASA program. But it's the Hebrew word NASA. Hebrews, I mean, uh, Isaiah 53, 4, surely he hath born. That's the word NASA. It means to lift up, bear away. It means to suffer punishment for something. 
and in this case, vicariously as a substitute for us. In other words, he bore them in order to discharge them from us. Do you understand that? But the thing that's so cool is, down here in Isaiah 53, verse number 12, it says, he bare our, the sin of many. It's the same Hebrew word. NASA. In other words, not only did he bear our sins, in other words, the Hebrew word means lift up and bear away as a substitutionary work for somebody else. Not only did he bear our sins, how many of you know he did bear our sins? He took them for us. But he also, according to verse number four, he did the same thing with our sicknesses. That's the proof that it's the will of God for us to be well. Amen. Because see, over there in the old, I mean, in Matthew 8, 17, people say, well, yeah, but that was just that multi. Now, some of these, you might, some of these traditional preachers, they'll preach this way. Yeah, but see, that it might be fulfilled. That means that day that multitude being healed was fulfilling it and so nobody else got, got, you know, redemption wasn't covering anybody else. Well, notice we don't, we don't do that when it comes to him bearing our sins. We don't say that that was just for them that day. But the same Hebrew word used for sins is used for sicknesses. In other words, we have to, it has to mean the same, the word has to mean the same thing when it comes to sins as it does sicknesses or else we have to use a different word. So it was fulfilled. Jesus took ours because we never think of theirs when it comes to he bore their sin. When it says him, he, he bore the sin of many, we don't think of just theirs. We think of all of our sin. Isn't that right? And so why put it off on just one group that he only bore their sicknesses, just one group of people bore their sickness. He didn't do that. Amen. So that's another proof that healing is in redemption. In other words, not only is redemption covering our sins, redemption covers our sicknesses and, and it gives us healing for our bodies. Praise be to God. And then over here in verse four, back here in Isaiah 53, four, he not only bore our sicknesses, but it says he carried our sorrows. The word carried is the Hebrew word sabal, S-A-B-A-L. It means to bear something as a penalty or chastisement. That's what it means, sable. So he bore our, or uh, he uh, lifted up and carried away our sicknesses, verse four, and he bore as a penalty or chastisement our pains. You know, when that whip struck his back, that was painful. And also that whip broke his body, cut into it, broke it open. The Bible says by those stripes, literally by those wounds, the Hebrew literally says wounds that broke open his body. He said, our bodies were healed up. So when Jesus took, a, took brokenness and took pain, it was so our body could be healed up and our body could be healed. Healed of pain. See, pain doesn't belong to the Christian because Jesus took it for us. Amen. Now, this Hebrew word, back here to the first one, bore, means that the Hebrew word is nas. It means lift up to bear away as punishment for something. Leviticus 5.1, I'm going to read you a couple other ways it's used in the Old Testament. You don't have to turn there if you don't want. Sometimes it's just good to write the reference down. Um, you know, and 
uh, you know, not, uh, not necessarily just try to find it all, but just listen because you'll catch what it's saying. Leviticus 5, chapter number 5, verse number 1. Let's look at how this is the same Hebrew word, and it says this. It says, if a soul sin and hear the voice of swearing, and if a witness whereby he has seen or known of it, he do not utter it. Let's see here. This is the wrong verse. That doesn't make any sense, does it? <laughs> oh, yeah, here it is. It is the right verse. Um, if he do not utter it, then he shall bear his iniquity. It's the same Hebrew word, nasa. It means to bear his iniquity. In other words, it means he's going to have to pay for, for, for that. He's going to have to be punished for that. Isn't that right? And so when Jesus bare our sicknesses, he was taking the punishment for sin, which is sickness, and he was bearing it in our place. He was bearing it as a substitute. Can you say amen? And then this word sable is used in Isaiah 53, 11, along with Isaiah 53, 4, but it's also used in Leviticus 5, 7, and here's what it says. If he be not able to bring a lamb, he shall bring, he shall bring for his trespass, which he hath committed two turtle doves or two young pigeons unto the Lord, one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. Again, I got the wrong reference or something, man. That ain't making any sense. Anyway, there's, there's a verse over here somewhere that talks about uh, bearing his sin if he doesn't do this. I, I got the wrong reference, I guess. But anyway, the point is that it means chastisement. It means penalty for not doing something right. But see, Jesus took that penalty. That's what these verses are saying to us. The only conclusion we can come to then is that Jesus not only redeemed us from sin, he redeemed us from sickness and disease and pain because he bare them all. Yes. Am I making sense? Yes. So we know that as far as today, we can say he took ours because we don't apply Isaiah here when it says he bore our iniquity. We don't apply that to just one group. We apply it to all of us. So we have to apply it to all of us when it comes to sickness and disease. Amen. Amen. Besides that, 1 John 2, 2 says this. Go over there and look what it says about our sins, him bearing our sins. 1 John 2, 2 says, he is the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but for also for the sins of the whole world. So propitiation, that's not a word that you used today in any of your language. You didn't say any to anybody today, that's a propitiation for that. <laughs> Amen. What I'm trying to say by that is it's a word you don't necessarily use, so you don't know what it means, and we, I don't know what it means unless we look it up. <laughs> Amen. So when you look it up, what does it mean? It's the Greek word hilaskomia. I guess you can say it that way. I'm not a Greek scholar, but I can read a Greek concordance. It means the work of God in Christ, whereby God through the substitutionary work of Christ can now show mercy or be favorably disposed to man and Jesus is the one that did this. Jesus took our sin so God can now show us mercy. Amen. God is favorably disposed towards me now, giving promises of success and advantages because Jesus won us over from hostilities and brought us goodwill. So there used to be hostilities between God and man. 
But Jesus paid the price for that. Hostilities have been settled. Amen. Amen. Having come to an agreement, we are now compatible. God and man is now compatible because we who once were opponents of God have been brought together in harmony. We've been brought together in love and covenant, having found a, Jesus found a reckoning for differences. In other words, Jesus said, I'll, I'll bring God and man together. But in do, to do that, he had to deal with the sin problem because that's what was separating God and man. How did he deal with the sin problem? He said, I'll take it on me and I'll pay the price for it. Now, because Jesus became a substitute and vicariously did it for us, vicariously means acting on behalf of someone else or doing something for someone else. That's what vicariously, we use that term sometimes. Jesus substitutionarily took our sin and he did it for us. By doing that, he removed the sin problem and now God can show mercy to man. Now get this, not because man did something. In the New Testament and even in the Old Testament, but especially in the New Testament, God, because in the old days, the Greeks and these other people that have these gods and so forth, they use this term also. And they use the term propitiation. They use a term as doing something to appease the gods. You know, we'll offer our baby to appease the gods or something like that. We'll, we'll kill a chicken to appease the gods. We'll sprinkle the blood of an animal, you know, to appease the gods. In other words, their idea of doing this is that man does something. And their idea is that the, 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 uh, the disposition of their gods is by nature anger. You know, that's their natural distribution. So they've got to do something to earn this propitiation. But this use of the word is foreign to the Bible when it becomes, when, when in respect to God. It's never used as an act whereby man does something to bring God to, uh, into a favorable attitude or a generous disposition towards man. God is propitiated by pouring out his wrath on Jesus. It wasn't man did something and God said, okay, I'm satisfied with that. The, the righteous justice, yeah. righteousness and justice demanded that sin be dealt with. Amen. The wages of sin is death. Something had to happen. That's right. That's right. That's right. But God, man could not do anything. God was not appeased because man did something. His justice required that there be judgment on sin. Jesus said, that's okay, I'll take that judgment. Amen. Jesus became sin. Hallelujah. He took sin on himself, being made vicariously a substitute and a sacrifice for all the sin of mankind. Now get this. He has thus so dealt with sin that he can, God can show mercy and favor to anyone who believes on what he did because God has removed his guilt and remitted his sin. He can now therefore deal with man as if sin had never been and never existed. 
Hallelujah. He can show favors to him. He can bring him into a place of giving him promises of advantage and success. This is the gospel of grace. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're warned not to despise it. There remaineth therefore no other offering for sin. We're warned not to get entangled again in the uh, yoke of the bondage of keeping the law or man doing something to appease God. God's sacrifice of Jesus Christ made amends for sin and transgressions. It made uh, compensation and it made payment for the righting of the wrongs that we had done. God paid the price through Jesus Christ. He made restitution for sin and it was something he did, not something we do. All of that, he did the same thing with sickness and disease. He took it. He became the penalty for sin. He not only became sin, the wages of sin is death. He became all the penalty of that sin, including sickness and disease. Because sin didn't, I mean, uh, sin, sickness didn't get into the earth until sin was in the earth. You see, sickness is the foul offspring of its father, Satan, and its mother, sin. Between Satan and sin, sickness got into the earth. Well, Jesus dealt with the Satan and the sin problem. So therefore, he dealt with the sickness problem. At the same time, he dealt with the sin problem. He became our sicknesses just as much as he became our sin. Now God can show favors toward man and heal man of their sicknesses through one thing, not through earning it, but through believing in what Jesus said. Glory be to God. This is called the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's quoted in Matthew 8, 17, that it might be fulfilled. He himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. It's quoted in 1 Peter 2, 24, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. Not gonna be, we were. In the Old Testament, he said, by whose stripes we are healed. In the New Testament, he said, we were. They were looking forward to it. The cross came. Now we're on the other side of Calvary. We look back and say we were. Now, sense knowledge does not tell you that in so many things. But see, Isaiah saw it in the spirit. He wasn't there in the natural. He wasn't living in the day Jesus was crucified. But he saw it in the spirit. And if you'll see it in the spirit, like Isaiah saw it in the spirit, your sense knowledge will not be able to dictate to you anymore and say, yeah, but I'm sick. We're not talking about your am sick. We're talking about your, his were healed. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. That's what this is talking about. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Easter and I was going to hear this because we're going to tell them. See, a lot of times people read that Christ has redeemed us and they stop right there. They say, yes, he's redeemed us from sin. And surely, thank God he did. But it goes on here and it says, Isaiah, go over there. Go to, go to Galatians. Some of you know it well. That's good. That's fine. But some of us maybe haven't talked about it or, or heard it preached very much. This is going to start dawning on some of you. Isaiah said it, Galatians says it, all these verses say it. 
Galatians 3, verse number 13. Christ has redeemed us, but don't stop there. Right. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law. Right. We read that last week. Deuteronomy said, verse number, you know, chapter number 28, verse number 15, going down through there, we read part of the curse of the law. Very plain. Sickness, he said, all sickness and all manner of disease, even ones that aren't written in this book. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Praise God. Why did we get healed? Because he was made sick. Somebody said, well, he was made sin too, wasn't he? Yeah, the Bible says over there, remember 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he, him who knew no sin, God made to be sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. No, Jesus never sinned, but God took our sin and laid them on him. So he was made to be sin. Why did he do that? It goes on to say that, that uh, we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. See, it's a substitutionary work. It's called, like Ann called it, the great exchange. He took our sin, we got his righteousness. He took our sicknesses, we got healing. He also, according to the New Testament, he became poor that we might be rich. That's all the curse of the law. Hallelujah. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law, as it is written, curses everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Somebody said, well, see, that's all just for Old Testament people. That's just for the Jews. Well, this here is for the Gentiles. The blessing of Abraham. What was the blessing of Abraham? We've been reading it. The blessing is healing. Praise God. Now, Abraham was looking forward to it. The member of the Bible said God asked him to offer his son. He went up there and was going to do it. And then God stopped him and said, no, no. He said, uh, I see now you believe me. He said, I'm in covenant with you. He said, uh, look, Abraham. And Abraham looked and there's a ram in the thicket. Remember? And that's a type of Jesus as a substitute. Now, Jesus said in the book of uh, John, John's gospel, Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. So God gave Abraham there a vision, not only of a ram in the thicket, but God gave Abraham a vision of Abraham, you were willing to offer your son. I'm a covenant partner with you. I'm going to offer my son as a substitute for your son. So Abraham saw in the spirit and saw the day coming where there would be a man standing on a cross. That, you know, it's the same mountain Abraham did his offering on or, you know, as Jesus was crucified on. God showed Abraham a vision in the spirit and he saw there's a son coming who's going to pay the price and be a substitute. Yes. Praise God. Abraham rejoiced. He said he saw his day and he rejoiced. Well, we ought to see the same thing. It's already happened. And be glad about it. Praise God. Amen. You getting anything out of this tonight? We have to recognize healing was in the plan of redemption. That's the reason it's the will of God. That's the main, that's the core of all these things we're preaching. This is the main reason that it's the plan of God for you to be healed because he, he, he lumped it all together when he bore our sin. Like it was said, I think Ann said it, it's a package deal. And that's what the Old Testament actually, it prophesied that. Remember over there in Psalm 103? Remember the Bible said, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. In other words, whenever you go to work, sometimes you get a job and they pay you hourly, but then they give you benefits. 
insurance and, you know, time off and paid time off and all this. You know, they give you benefit. Well, when God gave you salvation, you got a package deal. It wasn't just, okay, your sins are remitted and then just... Just when you die, you go to heaven. No, it's a package deal. It included, he blessed the Lord, O oh my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. That had to happen first. That's the only way to get the rest of it. Then who, second one, who, very next thing, who healeth all thy diseases. And all through the Old Testament, they're together. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. You know, that's how you receive just simply saying, I'll take it without even praying. You just see that yours were laid on him. And you say, oh, I see, I, I, I see it was laid on him. Well, then I'm healed. And you just go your way believing that. Did you get anything out of that tonight? Now, they're actually some of the best Hebrew scholars that wrote Old Testament versions of the Old Testament quote Isaiah 53, 4 this way. Young's literal translation. Uh, uh, he has a concordance. He's a very good Hebrew scholar. He's not, he's not alive anymore. But Young's literal translation, he has, a new, he has a, uh, an Old Testament version. He said, surely, in his translation, surely our sicknesses he bore and our pains he carried. Many Hebrew scholars will refer back to a man named James, I think his name is James Lesser. Lesser. I have his whole Old Testament version, old, old Bibles. I, they cost $250. Not many of them around anymore. I got it. And here's what it says. Lesser's translation says, only our diseases did he bear himself and our pains he carried. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. These are some of the best Hebrew translations that are available. So they bear witness to this fact. Praise be to God forevermore. And besides that, all these are in the types and shadows. If healing isn't for us today, why did they look on the serpent on the pole and get healed? If healing isn't for us today, why whenever the Passover was, was instigated back there, whenever, remember Exodus 12, whenever Israel was getting ready to leave Egypt, Egypt's a type of the world, you know. We've come out of Egypt. We come out of the type of the world. Oh, can we go to this one? Can we? I know you've been listening a long time tonight. Can you just look at one more? Go, to, go back here to the Old Testament. Go to Exodus chapter number 12. See, this proves healing is in the plan of redemption. Because all the types and shadows have it in. <laughs> back here in Exodus chapter number 12. We could read this whole thing, my goodness. I'm, I'm trying to bite off more than I can get to here in this next few minutes. But uh, let's look at the uh, 12th chapter here. You know the story. A lot of us know the story. We learned it in Sunday school. But uh, here he's talking about in verse number three, speak to the congregation of Israel saying, in the 10th day of this month, take of them, uh, uh, every man a lamb, according to the house of his fathers, a lamb for a house. I won't read the whole thing. You know the story. They told him, make sure it's clean, make, without blemish and everything. And then we're going to offer it. Yeah. And uh, uh, the whole assembly, the night, this one particular night, we're going to offer it, verse 6 says. And verse 7, they shall take, the blood of the, take of the blood of this lamb, strike it on the two side posts of the upper door post in the house, whereof they shall eat it. And you know the story. They did all that. And the same night, God told him, he said, now, do it with your clothes on, get ready to go. Because you're, you're going out of Egypt tonight. So, that's the reason they have what's called the unleavened bread 
Passover thing today because the, the bread didn't even have time to rise. The yeast didn't have time because by the time this was over, they were, they were out. They were leaving Egypt. That very night they were leaving Egypt. You can read that down through if you read verse number. Let's go over to here in the 12th chapter, verse number 37. And the children of Israel journeyed. Well, let's back up. Let's back up. Let's back up. Verse 30. They did all this. And then verse 30, Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt. Because remember, they put the blood on their doorposts and the death angel uh, uh, went over them. And their firstborn wasn't killed. But in Egypt, they were killed, you remember. And Egypt was mourning for this. They, Pharaoh rose up. His own son was killed. Pharaoh rose up and then there was a great cry in Egypt. Verse number 31. He called for Moses and Aaron by night. Yeah. See, they, they sacrificed this lamb that night and that very night yeah. the death angel went through, yeah. which was not God, by the way. We'll, we'll, we can get to that. We can get to that. He said over there in verse number uh, uh, 22 and 23, he'll pass over you. And then he said in verse 23, he'll not suffer the destroyer to come into your house. The destroyer, the destroyer was, was referred to there as a separate entity than the God who was hovering over them. The, the Hebrew means in the word Passover means hover over, literally it means. So there was an angel hovering over every house that had the blood. And then the death angel had to go over that house. We, we said it real quick. We'll get into it more sometime. But then the, all these firstborn were killed. And that very night, Pharaoh got up and called Moses that very night, verse 31 says, and said, uh, uh, rise up and get, uh, get you forth from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord your God as you said. In other words, get out of here. We're tired of this. After 10 plagues. Now go down to verse number 30. Go down to verse number 39. And they, they baked unleavened cakes of the dough, which they brought forth out of Egypt, for it was not leavened because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not tarry, neither had they prepared for themselves any victuals or victuals. That's the way we say it. Amen. So they, they didn't have time to even finish their meal. And Pharaoh said, get out of here. Tired of all these plagues. And why do I make that point? Because I want you to see something over in the book of uh, uh, Psalms. Go over to Psalm chapter number 102. Uh, go to Psalms, <laughs> chapter 105. You ready to shout a little bit? I know we've gone long tonight. I thank you for your patience. See, in healing school, I was used to preaching for two hours. After an hour and a half, people go, oh, I see what they're saying. Look here. Okay, we could start reading if you wanted to. We won't read all this, but you could start reading back in verse 27, because he starts enumerating all these plagues in verse 27. Showed signs among them, wonders in hand. Verse 28 talks about the darkness. Verse 29 talks about water turning the blood. He keeps going through all of them. Then he gets down there in verse 36. He smote also the firstborn in their land, the chief of all their strength. Verse 37. He brought them forth also with silver and gold. Well, we know they borrowed from the Egyptians. Right? Now notice this next part. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Not one. Wait a minute. When did that happen? When they took that Passover. When they ate that Passover, every single one of them, the Bible says... Your Bible that's been laying on your coffee table says 
that they were all healed when they ate that Passover. Well, you got your shouting clothes on? Listen to this. This is in the New Testament. The New Testament says in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. John said when he saw him, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He was referring to that lamb back here that they sacrificed. That was a type. That lamb was a type of Jesus. When they partook of Jesus, they got healed. Now, go to, go to this one because this one here is going to just nail it to the wall. Actually, the nail's already in the wall. We're going to clinch it on the other side of the board. Look here in 1 Peter chapter number one. See, I get tired of these preachers on TV saying the stuff they're saying whenever they haven't even read their Bible. They say things like, well, today the way God heals us through the doctors. Well, I thank God for doctors. Don't misunderstand me. It certainly wasn't the devil that gave them all that knowledge. But my point is, don't, get, don't take this away from me. Don't take this away from me. Look here in 1 Peter chapter number chapter number one, verse number 18. For as much as you know, you were not redeemed. Uh-huh. We're redeemed from the all, we're redeemed from sin, but we're also redeemed from the curse of the law. We're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. But you could you could say it this way, you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. Now as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Yeah. What's that referring back to? He's saying that lamb back there in, in Exodus 12 was a type of Jesus. And when he was crucified <laughs> and his blood was shed, it was their redemption. In the Old Testament, that was a type of Jesus' blood being shed. And it was looking forward to Jesus dying. And whenever they partook of that lamb, they were healed. Isn't that what it says? Well, then if it's in the types, which is only a shadow of things to come, it's not the real thing. It's just a, a picture of it. If you can get healed on the shadow, how about in the light? Can't you get healed in the light? Hallelujah. So no wonder it's the will of God for us to be healed because healing is in redemption. Why do we know it? Because it's in the types and shadows. The New Testament says Jesus is our Passover. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, that'll make you shout. Now, we won't go there, but you can read this, 2 Chronicles 31. 2 Chronicles, uh, excuse me, 2 Chronicles 30, verses 1 through 20. Just write that down and go home and read it and see if I'm telling you the truth. But this is, a, this is the account of a, what we would call today sort of a revival yeah. under King Hezekiah. Yeah. King Hezekiah came in. He started throwing away the altars, the false gods, and saying, no, let's go back to what God told us to do. And they opened up the book of the law and it said they're to, keep that, they're to, they're to observe that Passover as a feast once a year. They said, we haven't been doing that. You can go read it. I'll tell you, it's good. You go back there and read it. And so they reinstituted, reinstituted the Passover. And the Bible says there in verse 20 that God hearkened unto Hezekiah whenever he prayed for the people right after they ate the Passover. And the Bible said God healed the people. Go read it. Read it for yourself. If healing was in the type, how much more is it in the fulfillment of the type? Has to be the will of God for us today. Yes, 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 yes. Glory be to God. Amen, amen. 
Well, we'll stop right there. We could spend a lot of time on the serpent on the pole, but uh, we'll get to that one some other time. What is this that comes into the room whenever we preach these things? It's faith rising up in your heart. Faith starts rising up. Yes, yes, it is the will of God for me to be. It is the will. It is the will of God. It is the will of God, Andre. It is the will of God. Hallelujah. How, how can it be? How can it be then that it's just the will of God for one to be well and not another one to be well? Because he took all of ours. He didn't just bear yours and not bear mine. He didn't just bear mine and not bear yours. You know, he bore the worst sinner in Cedar Rapids. He bore his sin and bore his sicknesses just as much. Well, why isn't he healed? Well, people have to believe that. Who has believed our report? See, the arm of the Lord is revealed to people that believe it. Hallelujah. If you would like more information about Pastor J. Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.